It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian Radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to episode 461 of the Back Row Morning Show. I can't ever get those words. <laughs> Proudly apart of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. I always want to switch them around. Proudly, bro. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, the chief cohort and crazy here to bring the facts and fire to your day. Now, somebody pass me the call. Today on the show, lessons from the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Also on the show today, why would you expect to get paid? But first, today is Monday, April 11th, 2022, and we got some holidays to celebrate. We do, but before we get there, I feel like that is like a direct stab at me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying for years, I want to be paid for this. (laughs) Why would you expect to get paid? Anyway, uh, today is National Cheese Fondue Day. You know... It hit a whole different level once we finally got to experience the melting pot. Yeah. My gosh. I never knew. I never knew what fondue could be. I never knew what fondue could do. (laughs) But gosh darn, if that isn't in the top five best meals of my life. And uh, it was quite expensive. (laughs) (laughs) A pot of cheese is quite expensive. You know, there was a time when Chris and I started deep frying everything at home. Like we went and bought a fry daddy. Yeah. One of the little ones that you can just put up on the counter. Yeah. Because we went to an air show and had three deep fried Oreos for like 10 bucks. And Chris was like, this is a rip off. <laughs> and so we, uh, we made our own deep fried Oreos on the regular. And then it turned into what else can you deep fry? <laughs> so that was I, I could see like that ended up that ending up happening if we ever went to the melting pot. Chris oh, would be sure. like, we, we could do this own. at home. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's a really nice and simple air fried Oreo recipe out there. Really? Just wrap it in some puff pastry <gasps> and cook it for two minutes. Oh, I minutes bet or that is good. Mm-hmm. Looked really oh. good. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Did I mention to you, by the way, that. Um, the only thing I've had to eat today are the couple of M&Ms that we just taste tested. Mm-hmm. The melted and reformed and remelted M&Ms. Uh-huh. Two pieces of last night's crazy bread <laughs> uh-huh. and a piece of last night's cold pizza. <laughs> so I'm like starving right so now. You're, you're I'm thinking on. about the melting pot. <laughs> Even though I've never been there, cheese is my, oh my favorite. Gosh. You have to go. It's oh, the cheese is even really just like the beginning. Yeah, the cheese is the appetizer. You have the cheese with like a bunch of different um, fruits, veggies, breads, you know, all kinds of things. The okay. ch- cheese with green apple. Oh, oh I bet that is gosh. actually really good. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but then you like you like are cooking your own meats and stuff. They give you a platter of different kind of pre-seasoned meats but they're all uncooked and they bring you a boiling pot of a whatever kind of like soup broth or whatever you want and you stab them and you cook them yourself and then you eat them it's fantastic why the heck is it so expensive if i'm doing all the work (laughs) right and then after that it's your dessert fondue okay which we got the turtle pecan dessert fondue okay which then they bring you out waffle pieces and cookies and cakes and brownies and macarons and all kinds of things to dunk into that. I think I might just go for dessert. Can you do that? Can you just go for dessert fondue? I don't think so. And I also don't think you can go with more than two people. Like it's set up to be a romantic, just you and your, your, your partner thing. Yeah. 
that stinks. <laughs> like I always envisioned it. Maybe they have like party booths somewhere where it's set up for you know yeah. groups. But when we walked in, we only saw just rows of single seated booths. Interesting. Like, yeah, but it was still really really good. Huh. <laughs> oh, okay, Oriole Oriole in our chat is saying that they they have a okay. Bigger tables. Okay. So it must have just been in the back because we were sitting toward the front. When the kids and I were in Gatlinburg, there was a melting pot down along the strip of Gatlinburg that I was super close to convincing them that we should just, (laughs) let's just go eat at the melting pot. And then I don't even remember what we ended up seeing and eating instead. So anyway, Um, it's also National Pet Day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Got any pets? No, you don't. Nope. I have enough for both of us. Sound. Want a cat? We're trying to get... Oh, I can't say that on here. Um... Not everybody knows. <laughs> it is also National Barbershop Quartet Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are other two people? We needed... <laughs> Those harmonies. Um, <clears throat> this made me think of KY, Barbershop Quartet yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I recently discovered that that Barbershop Quartet that's in Disney World or Disneyland or whatever, mm-hmm. one that are always yeah. around, they have their own, like, TikTok. And so you get to hear all their cool barbershop renditions of the Disney songs. Is it good? Yeah. Interesting. Very entertaining. I'll have to look it up. <clears throat> uh, oh. Or he'll harmonize with uh-huh. us on the other end. Okay, but you. he said, harmonize. <laughs> Very heavy italics on the harmonized. All right. Well, how was your week, Mo? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, My middle child turned 15. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then he immediately got food poisoning. Ooh. Yeah. That's a rarity. So that was fun. Um, what did well, he eat? Uh, crab from Red Lobster. Yeah, Red Lobster in this yeah. town is a minefield. Yeah. I've gotten food poisoning from them two times, my mother as well. Yeah. This like, is our second time, yeah. even though I didn't get it. Chris and Cannon both, Chris signed Cannon out on his birthday and took him out to lunch at Red Lobster, and they had exactly the oh, same that's thing. A fantastic idea. That's a fantastic idea. It was, it was nice. Yeah. A little, I'm going to start doing that. A little dad dad and son date uh but chris was like we had exactly the same thing even down to the drink exactly the same thing and then by a little bit after dinner cannon really started to feel queasy and he is super easy to tell when he's actually sick because he's got good skin tone and so when he's actually sick and not feeling well he looks white Uh. (laughs) like a sheet of paper white and underneath of his eyes will get super dark and almost look hollow you know Mm -hmm. so there is no faking sick for him yeah he has tried several times and i'm like "Mm, you're fine i think you'll be okay um but when he is really sick we can tell and sure enough he one of the things that he did for himself for his birthday was he bought the game Forza, which he had been waiting for for mm. a very long time. Yeah. Um, so he had been playing that, him and Chris. And he ate his dinner, and then he kind of looks at me and barely even made it through his first plate, and he's like, I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, <laughs> we haven't even had cheesecake yet. Like, I, I, I didn't even eat dinner because I wanted to eat just cheesecake. And now I can't even cut open the cheesecake because it's yours. And you're going to bed. And Mm. sure enough, he went to bed and he slept until about three o'clock that next afternoon. Jeez. Yep. Poor guy. Yep. Chris had to stay home about three o'clock in the morning. Chris woke up with the same kind of symptoms. Okay. So he did get it. Yep. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. It tends to be, it tends to be the, I'm, I'm pretty sure the issue comes in with their butter sauce stuff. That's honestly probably very accurate because every time it's the two times it's gotten me and the one time I got my mom the only thing we had in common for all three of those meals was the the shrimp that's in the butter sauce yeah like that comes in the little dish of mm-hmm. it that's the only thing that was the same and we talked about it and we're like yeah I wonder how long that just sits yeah. back there melted right like could it be all day and, and it, how much back, like, is exactly. it hot enough to keep just the bacteria growing from bacteria. growing? Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. on top of that, uh, Wednesday was a poop shoot of a day. Oh, um, a, <laughs> I didn't know where we were going with that, given the sickness. The worst. <laughs> oh, one of the worst days of the school year yet. And then Thursday and Friday, we're testing for our third, fourth, and fifth graders. And it was, I was a proctor in a third grade class, which means for the hour and a half that we are in testing session, I have to walk up and down oh. <laughs> the aisles of the desks. And we are not allowed to have any Bluetooth devices. So all the hundreds of steps that I took didn't even count because I didn't have my watch on. Mm-hmm. Why? <sighs> Matt, <laughs> I don't know. What Why don't you write an anonymous that? letter what? as a parent are and let cheating? them know? That's the thing. <laughs> Please. Like, and the kids could not even have their cell phones in their backpacks, in their cubbies, on the other side of the room. If they had, if they had brought their cell phone to school that day, they had to make their teacher aware of it, that they had a cell phone and that is technically considered in their possession. And the teacher had to put it in a locked drawer in her desk. I don't understand. <laughs> I really don't. We got we to gotta lock up all the phones. We got to lock all the windows so we don't get any like messenger carrier pigeons or, you know, quails. Yeah. Flying in. You never know. Bringing the answers to our students. You, you never know what's going to end up happening. We need to check the inside of their eyelids for tattoos yeah. of the answers. I mean, the Bluetooth quails really are something to be concerned about. So, But listen, I... Bluetooth quails. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's why yeah, it summons them. It summons them in their cheating ways. You're welcome. Oh, my goodness. Um. So... I did realize, though, after talking to several other EAs, both in my building and at other schools, that our generation of adults refuses to exercise unless we have proof and unless our, <laughs> our watch counts it. Hold up. I forgot to wear my watch. Yep. All Never these mind. stairs I've climbed today. I know. Exactly. Mean nothing. Every, I talked to four different people and every, just in happenstance. And every single one of them were like, all those daggone steps I took and they counted for nothing. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and then it hit me like, y'all are some lazy people. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, man. How was your week, Matt? Well, we had a WrestleMania. So we talked about this last week as you know, with the catalyst of it hadn't actually happened yeah. Uh, yeah, at the time. So it actually happened now and right? it was fantastic. This was the best WrestleMania they've had in, I think five or six years. Um, so we recorded mm -hmm. last Saturday, which was the first night of WrestleMania. We couldn't start until two and, uh, we wrapped up the Twitch show with about, an hour and 15 minutes to go, but okay. we still had to record all the main segments. And so Mo and I are sitting here knowing that these are some pretty heavy segments that we're going to be talking about uh, with a lot of heavy topics. And we are trying to pour through them in, in like 20 minutes a piece at the most. So we can be done where I would have a 15 minute break before or between the end of the show and the beginning of WrestleMania, because I had to stream that too. I had to live stream that by myself Saturday. <clears throat> so we're going, we're going, we're cooking, we're cooking. And then we get to the last one, and it's like we have 10 minutes until the show starts. <laughs> Let's hurry. <laughs> And so we we rush through it. We get we have a pretty decent conversation, uh, but we are managed to make it in like ten minutes, and then. We just like, well, forget uh, forget the moment. We're not going to record that this week. And she hadn't finished it yet anyway. We completely forgot to sign the belt that we were mailing to oh, Oriole. Yeah. So we're doing that this week. <laughs> we're going to mail it off this week. And like she gets out the door and it's a minute and nine seconds on the countdown before WrestleMania starts. So I didn't get to have so much as a pee break <laughs> before the thing had to start. But we did it. We made it. 
I got it in there just in time. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, it was, but it was really good. A lot of really cool uh, moments. Like I'm not going to bore everybody with the wrestling stuff. If you want to hear our full review, you can go listen to the latest two words episode. Hot take. You can hear all of our thoughts, but we were, John and I both very, very happy with how WrestleMania turned out this year. A lot of cool stuff, a lot of good surprises and nostalgia moments, and it was nice. But that just, it took, it took up the bulk of my weekend. Like, it took, with the recording with you on Saturday, and then the four hours on Saturday of WrestleMania, that was eight hours sitting in this uncomfortable chair. I'm sorry. And then... Hey, these are more comfortable than the chairs we used to have. They are more comfortable than the previous chairs. But we do need some better chairs. <laughs> and then another four hours on Sunday after all my normal church Sunday stuff, all morning and afternoon. Uh, it took me until Wednesday to get caught up, essentially, with all the stuff that filled my hours. I lost 12 hours over the weekend that I normally devote to a lot of LTN stuff. So it's been a very exhausting week. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of early mornings and late nights trying yeah. to get everything done and juggling children, trying not to be a neglectful father during the day. <laughs> but good. It's been good. He's, um, been, he's been good. My father-in-law found um, the two original Nintendo DSs that her uh, that him and, and, and my mother-in-law had Aww. way back uh, like I got mine, my original DS when I was a senior Dang. in high school. So I mean, like early two thousand. They're old. Yeah. And these are the original ones. And so the, he he brought them to give them to Johnny and Eli. Aww. And they had fantastic time for about two days until Johnny accidentally snapped it in half. Accidentally? Yeah, they they were, he had put it down, they were up on Eli's bed, and he put it on the bed, and then he rolled over it and didn't even realize it. Oh, it was, it's, so the original one that, like. It's, yeah, that original fold, I mean, uh -huh, they all the fold, but yeah, that other one, the, well, the, the more newer ones kind of, the thing was, like, built into the crease, like, it was, it was harder to break. Topher's it wasn't as two much does a, not fold. Right. The two is just a flat thing. Yeah. I remember that. But that came out after Which the 3DS. Um, so anyway, luckily, I found I had an old clamshell. That's the word. Um, I had oh. an older or rather a newer old DS. I had the Super Mario 35th Anniversary Edition DSi XL. So the big one with the big screens. And so I'm like, alright, Eli... You can give yours to Johnny, and I'm going to give you mine, and then we're going to put some new rules on where you can sit now <laughs> while you're playing this so we don't break it again. So they're playing Mario Kart together and having a good old time. Uh, good. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun seeing them grow up. Also, Eli got his first little MP3 player. I really, that's not week. where I thought you were going. <laughs> You like got his first little kiss. No. What? <laughs> first little MP3 player because he was listening to music on his Kindle that I didn't quite approve of. Oh. Not necessarily. Disapprove. Not, not, yeah, not necessarily like vulgar. I just like it's it's music that I don't know what's going on. I know a couple of the songs. I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's going to teach you a good lesson. So I uh, built him his own little playlist on his own little cheap mp3 player and he listened to that today and loved it so nice yeah very cool so a lot of things a lot of things going on none of them really super exciting but big deal in my house so. yeah <laughs> all right let's take a break here when we come back we've got your weird news for the day stick around I'm Chris Shadowin, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today I'm reviewing the graphic novel Tommy's Horse Rex by Doug Tenaple. Or Tenaple, I've heard it both ways. You may not be familiar with that name, but you might know some of his work. Tenaple has created Earthworm Jim, written many graphic novels, made and worked on video games and TV shows. He wrote and produced on the Netflix original Veggie Tales in the House. And if you're a Five Iron Frenzy fan like I am, and he has made cover art for five of their albums. I say all that to let you know that Tenapple is a very creative guy and has a wide range of things that he's made. Tommy's Horse Rex is a graphic novel. It's in the story of a boy named Eli who's kind of hyperactive, and he goes to stay with his grandpa on his farm for the summer. 
He's struggling with making friends, the loss of a pet, and dealing with a bully. But then his world is turned upside down when he discovers a live Tyrannosaurus Rex that becomes his pet. Now, a small rural community must deal with having a real T-Rex in their town. If you enjoy graphic novels, great artwork, funny stories, and life in general, then this is for you. It's a great read, and if your library is cool like mine, then you can check it out from the library for free. But here's why I love Doug Apple's work, especially his graphic novels. He weaves a great story, but there's always a theme of faith in them. At the very beginning of the story, Eli asks his exasperated mom, what do eggs have to do with the Easter story? There's no other mention of Easter in the whole book, but how Tenaple answers this question is very powerful, and actually every time I read it, it gives me goosebumps. Everything I've read by him uh, has the elements of the gospel in it, but he does it in a way that's not preachy. It's more showing and not telling. And this graphic novel alone deals with bullying, turning the other cheek, grief, divorce, yet it's done in such a way as to still have humor and not come across heavy-handed. I read this around Easter every year and still enjoy it every time. Again, it's not an Easter-themed book, so you can read it anytime you want. But please, pick up a copy of Tommy's Horse Rex today. And if you haven't heard of Doug Tenapple before, hopefully this will be the start of a joyous journey through Tenapple land. I'm Chris Shadowin, and remember, uh, life uh, always finds a way. show i'm radio matt and i'm mo and hey make sure you're following us on all the socials we're on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok just search for at the back row ltn and connect with us now it's time for mo's fact of the day is it about cheese fondue no it's not uh, while the original origins of barbershop quartet singing are not wholly agreed upon current organizations that promote the style typify typify it as an old American institution. While the style is most popular in the United States, barbershop organizations exist in the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Germany, Ireland, South Africa, Finland, Sweden, New Zealand, Australia, and Canada. Nice. Mm -hmm. Really good. And now it's time for SSA News. We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a white answer card for future Sunday School Answers Pack. All right. Have you ever, like, been offered a job and they're like, so you're going to have all these responsibilities, but we're not going to pay you? No. Mm Mm-mm. And that's considered an internship. Right. Not a job. Hey, that's motherhood. (laughs) Well, uh, UCLA is under fire uh, for offering a job listing for an assistant adjunct professor that says the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry at UCLA seeks applications for an assistant adjunct adjunct professor on a without salary basis. Applicants must understand there will be no compensation for the position. Now, this this happens. Like, there, there are jobs. Sure. But when you look at the requirements for this job... It starts to look a little suspect. Responsibilities will include teaching according to the instructional needs of the department. Qualified candidates will have a Ph.D. in chemistry, biochemistry, or equivalent discipline and have significant experience and a strong record in teaching chemistry or biochemistry at the college level. Yeah, they expected you to have a doctorate. And they're still not going to pay you. (laughs) I feel like they should have just put in the job description seeking someone who simply wants to see us grow. Well, I mean, essentially the, the kind of like justification that they are putting out is like, imagine the, like the prestige you will have. Being able to say that you were an adjunct professor at UCLA. No. <laughs> it's it's the same kind of mindset as like if you have a friend who's an artist and you're like, hey, can you draw me up this really complex thing that you would normally charge someone $100, $200 to do, but do it for free? I'll post it on Instagram. Imagine the exposure you'll get. Like that's the kind of <laughs> terrible mindset that we have that mm-hmm. people who do the job don't deserve to get paid? Yeah. 
because you're going to give them some sort of exposure. Mm -hmm. You're going to tie their name to something great as opposed to just paying them the money that they tried to, you know, build this skill up for or go get a freaking doctorate for. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, so the uh, reaction (coughs) has been um, uh, not pleasant. Angry emails have flooded the inbox of the chemistry department at UCLA. And, of course, Twitter has been all over it. (laughs) It also required three to five letters of recommendation uh, from people. So it's like, we know know we're not going to pay you, but you need to still prove you can be here even beyond the fact that you have the Ph.D. and the significant experience. We still need at least five people to tell us that you're you're worth it. Worth what? <laughs> yeah, Worth exactly. what? Like, <laughs> so apparently the uh, what's the cost that they're losing? I like nothing. Legitimately, you're not. You can hire Joe Schmo off the streets, <laughs> and he doesn't have to show up every single day. But at the end of the day, like, sure. Mm-hmm. The job's not getting done the way that you want it to be done, but you're also not losing any money. So <laughs> find somebody else. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Helena Helena Worthen, co-author with Joe Barry of Power Despite uh, Precarity, uh, says, This is merely the most recent example of the sale of prestige in higher education in exchange for people's labor. The zero compensation gig hire gets to put assistant adjunct professor at UCLA on their business card and CV, and that's the reward. Up until now, unpaid adjunct assignments have been mostly limited to prestigious private universities, but now it's showing up in the public higher education as well. So apparently this has been going on in, like, the the Ivy League for years. Just, you know, I can put a Harvard professor on my business card. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy thing. Uh-huh. Uh Mm-hmm. So Never today's white answer card to add to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers is paying my employees with exposure and prestige, but no money. <laughs> this has been SSA News, <laughs> sponsored by BackRowGames.com. <laughs> All right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we dive into our main topic. Stick around. We here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize intentional community. Join our Facebook group by searching Love Thy Nerd Community. And if you not only like us, but, you know, like us like us, you should join our Discord server at lovethynerd.com slash Discord. We've got game lobbies, focused chat channels, spoiler rooms, and a whole bunch of niche nerdiness. Bottom line, we want to hang out with you. Come join us. LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents, and we won't be mad. Just disappointed. This week, we're taking a look at the issues raised by the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Before we jump into our discussions, Mo and I also have a side venture called Backrow Games, home of several Christian tabletop games, including our two most popular, Judge Not and Sunday School Answers. Sunday School Answers is the original Christian knockoff of Cards Against Humanity. All the awkward fun without the need to bathe in bleach afterwards to get all the sin off. We've got some big updates for you. Last month, we released the White Box, our largest expansion yet, with 266 new cards to add to your original game. And this month we've released three new booster packs the music pack the cool youth pastor pack and the your dumb ideas pack which is a small pack of black blank cards <laughs> for you to write your own card ideas <clears throat> with inside jokes from your friends and family 
this month we have released, uh, so sorry, that was last month. I didn't change your script. That was last month that we released it. This month, because we're now in April, <laughs> we have released our TV booster pack and our Y2K booster pack. Uh, both of those are out now. Also, this month we're teaming up once again with Love Thy Nerd uh, and their community, you know, our community, to create a new supersized expansion deck, the Gamer Deck, and you can be a part of it. Submit your white answer card ideas, and if they are picked to be in the pack, your name will be on the card forever. To submit your ideas, you can visit lovethynerd.com slash SSA form. You can check it all out and get your copy of Sunday School Answers at backrowgames.com. <clears throat> Sorry. This has just caused all kinds of snotty problems. That was your taste test, so I, know, I, I don't know. even feel bad. Right <laughs> we hadn't we hadn't hurt ourselves in a while. Just needed to do it. That's fair. Something. Keep the entertaining. Last week we spent five minutes just eating Kit Kats and gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who has a problem? Uh, well, you're, you're right there. This week, we're talking about Mark Driscoll and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And many of you have likely heard this Christianity Today podcast. You may have even listened to the whole saga, since even though it wrapped up several weeks ago, it's still holding steady in the top five Christian podcasts. To clear some things up off the bat, we're not trying to replicate what the rise and fall of Mars Hill created. Instead, we want to look at the themes and issues brought up by this podcast and focus on the issues a little more broadly. So the first issue we want to talk about is pastoral inexperience. Now, Mark Driscoll was given his calling to start a church and very quickly did so, starting Mars Hill out of his own home at just 25 years of age, having had no real pastoral experience and having only been a believer for six years. In fact, even before this, he started Bible studies where he openly said, ask the questions and I'll get back to you next week because I'm going to need to go look it up. Not only did he start Mars Hill at 25, he started speaking at conferences just two years later all of which gave him an air of credibility despite his lack of experience. So the first question is, is there such a thing as too young to become a lead pastor or start a church? What are your initial thoughts? Um, <clears throat> is there such a thing as too young to become a lead pastor? It depends on what you are implying as too young. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't necessarily believe that too young in biological age is the issue, but too young in, you know, your walk with the Lord. Yeah. That is a definite, <sighs> definite issue. And I think that that is one of the main issues that we see with Mark Driscoll in all of right. Mars Hill's issues. There are so. f- there are few people that I've known who you know aren't children anyway that have come to the faith and then have been able to work out all their faith to where they're able to teach others in less than ten years or you know or more. Yeah, like I myself was in no position to be leading or teaching anybody until. A solid 15 years into my walk with Christ. Yeah. Because it took that long for that walk to actually be applied to my own life and to start working some crap out. Yeah. And I think that might be, at least in Mark Driscoll's situation, one of the things that we see <clears throat> didn't really spend enough time working the crap out before, uh-huh. <laughs> before he started leading. For sure. But um, I don't think that 25 is too young no. to start a church or to be a lead pastor. Um I think it is exactly that question of uh, w- the the better question is how young are you in the faith? Like how how much have you grown in the faith? Mm-hmm. Uh, have you sat down and gained experience and wisdom from pastors that are older than you and that mm-hmm. have been doing this for a while? Have you learned from the elders? Learned from leaders? Have you studied enough? He did go to seminary, but a lot of people go to seminary. Most of the people that we know that have come out of seminary have said, seminary is probably the place that ruins most people Absolutely. when it comes to their faith. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's not always the be all end all right with pastoral experience <clears throat> it does um, give you some good tools for sure yeah and overall being a pastor it gives you good good tools on how to shepherd a flock however yeah. It definitely is not <laughs> the end all be all. So uh, the the situation we kind of this this very situation we kind of saw play out within our church. Uh, we were both going to Highland when our buddy Kevin was brought in as pastor, and this was his first like pastoral role. He'd been a youth pastor prior to this. Uh-huh. This was his first pastoral role. How old was he when he? I mean, it wasn't far beyond 25. Oh, my gosh. How many years has he been gone? <laughs> a while now. I can tell you six exactly or, how old seven? he was if you, you help me get six, there. Six, seven, or eight, somewhere around there. No, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long. Um, Johnny's been here for six years. Johnny has not been here for six years. This 2017? Johnny's not been here for seven years. We left in 2018. Yeah, that's about right. He came in 2017, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22. Okay, five years. I'm sorry. Five years. Okay. <laughs> and it was around August that he came. So we're coming up on his five years. It hasn't. Okay. Give me the age. <laughs> okay. So let's see here. So Kevin is currently 40. Is he 40? Uh-huh. Okay, so he was older than I thought then when he came. Yeah, so he but was still in his relatively young. early 30s. Relatively young compared to the rest of the pastors that this church has ever had. He served here <laughs> as pastor for three years, left five years ago, so he would have been like 31, 32 when he got here. Hmm. Yeah, okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, so I guess then seeing even that with him being in his early 30s, we saw quite a few people kind of have if not an open defiance of this young of a pastor, at least a internal uh, defiance of it that affected the way they treated the church or attended. Some people even just left yeah, because they don't want someone who's so inexperienced, quote unquote, yeah. as a pastor. <clears throat> and uh, that was unfair. <laughs> and we had a lot of, uh, we had not a lot, but we had a couple of our elders in this church who we found out much later had been just essentially monitoring him mm-hmm. every single day, making sure he's here at his correct hours and doing everything he's supposed to be doing. And, and like, like there's nothing wrong with accountability, but when it's a forced accountability that nobody asks you to because do of your age, specifically because you're young, yeah, that's kind of messed up. Agreed. And so while I don't think 25 is out of the running. I I do think it's hard for someone that young to start a church and have it feel like they're accepted as a lead pastor, like without a lot of pushback. And if they are, like if this is a church that they're starting themselves and the only people that are coming are people that know in advance who they're going to see as the lead pastor, at that point, you're not getting any pushback. Right. And so that is just as dangerous. And that's dangerous. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked about spiritual age. Is, is, it, is it wiser when you want to be a pastor to start with a, like an associate pastor level or even a youth pastor level before you become Absolutely. the pastor? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And I grew up in um, more of a culture where you're called into the position. And so you don't necessarily, it, it would have been, this would not have been uncommon in the church and the culture that I grew up in for Mark to receive a word from the Lord that he needs to start up a church and then he just goes and does it mm. um, without any background. And that's something that I can now look at as an adult and go, yeah, there's some issues there. There are definitely some things that need to be taken a second look at. Yeah. Um, even if you're not given the opportunity to step into an associate pastor position first or a youth pastor position and you truly believe that the Lord has told you, nope, go church plant and start right away. 
and you're obediently walking that out, okay, that's great. But you also need then even more so to have a huge um, group of accountability. Mm. People who have walked the walk, have done what you're doing, have seen it out and are going to be able to say, you know, what you're about to do, the step you're about to take is only going to end in disaster. And I think that that's also something that was very much lacking in Mars Hill as far as Mark Driscoll was concerned. Yeah. Now, now in the story, when, when the church first started, it was... better in that sense is that there, there were quite a few elders. And as it began, all the elders kind of had the same amount of power. They all talked to each other and this included Mark, you know, they could vote Mark out the next day if they wanted to, and he couldn't say boo about it. That's how it was originally set up. And that implied a level of accountability, accountability. but we would see that as the church grew, that he felt that he couldn't even be accountable to anybody. But we'll Mm -hmm. talk more about that in a future episode next week. Uh, But here, I want to talk about, uh, wrap this up by talking about the challenges young pastors do face and how they can uh, prepare for them. So, of course, the first one being the the challenge of experience. Um, Just like you said, there, there needs to be a situation where you practice great wisdom of having an accountability team around you and older, wiser pastors that you can glean knowledge and experience from, as opposed to just going in brash and bullheaded and this is my church and I'm going to start leading you (laughs) with no experience whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, The second one is balance. Uh, Young pastors tend to struggle between the balance of church and family especially because this might be your first church and you want to put all, pour all your soul into it. Uh, we see that in all ministry, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Uh, I see it with love thy nerd. Like I spend a lot of my day and a lot of my nights doing a lot of love thy nerd stuff. And I need to, uh, I have to force myself sometimes to like, all right, I got to leave my office. I need to go spend some time with my kids Yeah, <laughs> because it can overtake you because what you're doing is a, is a noble, holy thing. But it crosses that line into, yeah, but now you're neglecting the other noble, holy role that you have mm-hmm. as a father or as a, you know, a mother, anybody in ministry that pours too much of themselves into the ministry and ignores the family. Yeah. I really quick, I'm going to actually throw in something that Kevin said, <clears throat> one of his early, early, early uh, talks. Cause I don't even think that it was a sermon. I think that it was just a conversation that he may have been having on a Wednesday night. And somebody asked him, you know, you have a young family, you have a wife and two young daughters. How, how are we going to be able to trust that the church is going to be a priority? And he said, well, the church will always be a priority to me, but know that my family is number one. And I have been advised by someone who I trust, which was his childhood pastor, who told him never sacrifice your family on the altar of the church. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, I, that's something that has stuck with me all these years, you know, never sacrifice your family on the altar of the church. Yeah. Our current pastor here, um, believes that as well. And to the point where he's, he made that clear when he first came with the the leadership and the team that, that uh, brought him on saying, you know, I've got, I've got only so many years left in this life, and I've got a bunch of new grandchildren that I want to spend time with, uh, you know, an hour and a half away. Yeah. And he said, so I'm going to take some Sunday. I'm going to take some weekends off. I'm not going to be here throughout the year, and I'm going to make sure that we have people in the pulpit. I'm going to make sure that we're covered. I'm going to make sure nothing's neglected. But at the same time, I'm going to spend some time with my family. And luckily, at this point, <laughs> the people that were on the team were like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we were in a good place for that, uh, finally. And I think that's great. And there, there has been time. In fact, he's going to be gone. This will be his first, like, big Sunday to be gone coming up. He's going to be gone on Mother's Day. Oh, okay. And uh, I get to preach uh, hey. a Mother's Day sermon, which I'm not prepared for. Oh. <laughs> I had a wonderful sermon prepared for my next time. And then they're like, yeah, it's going to be Mother's Day. So kind of got to have at least a little bit about mothers in the sermon. Yeah. I'm like, great. Well, I'll start over. <laughs> 
But anyway, uh, and nobody's upset about it. Like he's openly said he won't be here. No one's upset about it. And I think that's a bit refreshing. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, that's fine. The church is not going to crumble and he's not doing anything wrong <laughs> by, by wanting to do this occasionally. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that's a good mindset to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got the challenge of patience. To be young is to be impatient. Young pastors really want results and want them now. Uh, young pastors need to be patient with our people, uh, as God has been patient towards us. Our people can be thick-headed and hard-hearted, uh, but so can we. And it says, be faithful in preaching the word uh, week in and week out. You might not see immediate fruit or results, but the Spirit is working. Uh, the challenge of respect, uh, the, ch- the challenge young pastors have is to not be despised for their youth. First Timothy four twelve. It's, uh, a, a really a big challenge, but you're not respected simply because you hold the title pastor titles don't earn respect. Character does. So don't feel that you're entitled to respect just because you have the title of pastor. You have to earn it by being a good one. <laughs> Uh, the challenge of humility, young men tend to be overly self-confident. Humility comes naturally to no human being, but it's especially absent in young men. As a young pastor, you can begin, uh, to rely on your own gifting, education, and ideas, uh, more than the spirit of God sometimes. So be teachable and be humble, Mm. be open to be corrected, be quick to repent of sin, humble yourselves and ask for forgiveness of others. And lastly, the challenge of trust. It's easy to begin to doubt and question God's ability. Uh, In fact, uh, quite a few people find themselves sinfully thinking if God will be faithful in your ministry at all, like like God is just going to abandon you or if things aren't going well, that God wasn't there. God is a God who can be trusted and should be. You're going to get discouraged in your ministry. Everybody does. You're going to want to quit and throw in the towel. You may doubt God's goodness and power. But trust in him. He is faithful even when we may suffer for his sake. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Matthew 5, 12. So this comes from an article from justindeter.com. Uh, the six challenges young pastors face. Uh, I encourage you to go read the whole thing. We just kind of skimmed it. But, and uh, every single one of those, I feel like, hits the nail on the head with the challenges that Mark Driscoll faced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, handle most of them well correct (laughs) one topic down seven Mm -hmm. to go now tomorrow we're going to talk about the curse of celebrity we'll be back with more stick around think of our topic this week. Is there something we got wrong? Something we forgot? We would love for you to give us an earful. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and message us in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on the socials at the Back Row LTN or leave us a voicemail by calling 575-562-8052. What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we want to share our poll for the week. We asked, now that this debate has raged long enough to hear all the variables, do you think there are more wheels or doors in the world? Now, we're actually going to have one more discussion about this. Mo and I kind of talked about it just uh, kind of off the cuff uh-huh. uh, last week. What? Like, what? Off what the is cuff. the deal with your the arms cuff. today? I'm very, I'm I'm very at... animated with the way with I that... speak. 
<laughs> oh, every time I do this, <coughs> I think of Megyn Kelly. <laughs> she's got her hands up in the air and she's waving. And them waving them like, I care. just don't care. Uh, but we, and we're going to actually have our Discord buds uh, discuss this later in the week. But uh, for our Twitter poll, we asked that. We only gave you the two options. We didn't let you cop out with some sort of second or you know third yeah, right. uh, response. So who do you think? Do you think wheels or doors? I, listen, I'm hoping wheels. Wheels. Yes. 69.7% said wheels. Yes, sir. Only 30.3% said doors. Mo and I are both team wheels. Team wheels. So, you know, if you're, if you're team doors, uh, our Discord buds, you better come, better come bring in some receipts. For, for the debate, because we want to hear them. We want to be convinced. I'm open. I'm open to being convinced. Convince me. Bring me back to Team Doors. I once was Team Doors, uh, but I've been talked out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because it's can... the correct answer. <laughs> Wheels are the correct answer. And to answer your question, KY, KY says, are gears wheels? I say yes. Gears are 100% wheels. That's a that's a sticky variable because when you consider wheels, the way I consider it being a wheel would be something that will spin continuously once given the initial push, while a gear is part of a system. Now, a gear, what would qualify would be like a fidget spinner. Yeah, that's a wheel. But <laughs> I'm not necessarily a gear separated from its system on its own is still a wheel. Is it though? Yeah. If you spin it, it's going to continuously spin. Yeah. But it's I a mean, wheel. But I don't think we can call anything that has a round shape a wheel. Like. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call like a, a ball a wheel or. Some people are. And some people are calling like doorknobs wheels, and like I don't think that counts either. Uh, got a tape roll up there. I don't think that would count as a wheel, but we could put that on a pencil and spin it around. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be some sort of. I feel like it's got to have a defined axis or something of that nature. Either way, I still go back <laughs> to cheese wheel. Cheese wheel does count because wheels in the name. Just like a garage door does count because it has door in the name, even though it doesn't like open and close like a door typically does, in my mind, my opinion. You know, that's what this entire thing is based off <laughs> of. Of course, is, yeah. Is opinion. Nobody has the same opinions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's hit with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Psalm 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for Love Thy Nerd. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.